2: Welcome into Attacking Third. It was a truly massive Sunday for the NWSL with the playoffs set after Decision Day. We have a first-time Shield winner and we have a massive show today to recap all of that action. But first, I'm your host, Jenny Chu, alongside Lisa Carlin, who's fresh off hosting the Whip Around Show for what Decision Day. Destiny day. Yes, we'll get into that a little bit, but this is Jordan Angeli and Darian Jenkins, and we're so happy to be here with you guys. But Lisa,
0: let's get straight into this. <laughs> How was the Whip Around <laughs> Show? Because that is six matches at once. Uh, it was chaotic. I'm going to to be very honest I had six screens so I got to see all six games happening at the exact same time (laughs) Um, if you could see me watching all of these games it was bananas because goals were happening red cards teams were going up the standings were changing (laughs) it was so chaotic and so fun it was the first ever for the league and it was one of a kind for sure because every single match mattered there was something to play for and the teams played like that which was really exciting yeah. How did you decide which game
3: like I'm really imagining <laughs> you like so luckily all of it was games. all
0: on one screen and I had four or six games on one screen. So I Ooh. just looked at one spot. So afterwards I was yeah, <laughs> I was a little dizzy by the end of the night last night. Yeah. We were here because I had scoreline last night and we were trying to watch. I'm like,
2: just put Lisa on the screen. I can't follow all this, please. Um, but like we said, San Diego ends up winning the shield yesterday. A lot of movement happening. Let's take a look at the table um, as Portland Thorns loss gets San Diego wave uh, this celebrating moment where we see alex morgan um, lifting the trophy there but this is a look at the table and all the movements that happened the top six that are going into the playoffs: san diego wave portland thorns north carolina courage ol rain angel city and gotham fc i know that you guys are going to break down all the little movements that happened there but let's go ahead and get started with the game that had the most action and the <laughs> most you know headlines coming out of it people were texting me saying did you know it's four zero right now uh, jordan Angeli. Angel City against Portland, what a game. Yeah, who
4: had this on their bingo
1: cards? Because <laughs>
4: I, I actually thought Angel City was gonna have a good performance at home, but this was a phenomenal performance at home. When they knew it counted the most, mm-hmm. they showed up. And it was really, it wasn't quite from the start. I think they managed a little bit of pressure from Portland right away. But once they found an opening, it was this Portland team right away. And I loved that Ma Vignola gets on the scoreboard First, uh, she's had a really good season and progressed through the second half of the season. Her third goal of the year, and she just goes near side, beats Bella Bixby to the near post, a nice driven finish there. And then two minutes later, Angel City would do a repeat. This time it's uh, It's Emsley with the cross and Camberos on the back post just jumping up and over Megan Klingenberg. Didn't matter what part of her head it hit, it was going in the back of the net. I thought Emsley had a really good game, this backheel to Vignola. And then it's Savannah McCaskill, the captain, the player that kept them alive in the race with that game-winning goal last weekend, slots it near post again. That's twice for Bixby. And then we got a little bit of magic, right? This is the goal scene round the world because it's this shot initially that pulls Bixby off her line, and nobody does this but Sydney LaRue. <laughs> she will pull off things that nobody else <laughs> thinks about. And that's why it's so phenomenal. A kiss to the crowd, you deserve that, Sydney LaRue. But we saw a little bit of life finally from Portland. It's Hina Sagita with a calm finish here. The fact that she chops it across Sarah Gordon, who comes out with a lot of pressure, carries the balls back, says, okay, we gotta get to it together. But her national team teammate, Junendo says, eh. No, not today. I want to score one more. <laughs> and that was the fifth for Angel City. What a performance. Is everybody else like Sydney LaRue's <laughs> son, Cassius, when they saw her that One hundred the This was the mood. I'm the friend. <laughs>
3: I'm the one that's like, oh, my gosh, your mom, your mom, your, your mom's so cool. <laughs> your mom's so freaking
2: cool. It, it's definitely worth celebrating Cassius's reaction here and all of those goals. But we do have to talk about the, you know, the negative end on this game is that Portland Thorns lost it on the final day for the second mm-hmm. year in a row, Darian. How do you explain what went down for the Portland Thorns here?
3: I think it was just maybe the pressure. I do think L.A. had a huge advantage playing at home. That mm-hmm. crowd is monstrous. It's loud. I think they got a little bit of taste of their own medicine from playing in Providence to coming to L.A., but I think L.A. just had that dog in them, it's more of a fight than uh, Portland did this match, and that's what ultimately got
0: them the win, my opinion. Heading into this match day, Angel City was eighth in the standings. They needed not only to win, but score a bunch of goals and have a couple other things go their way, and Angel City knew that heading into it, so not only did they want to get a win, but they knew we just have to keep scoring, and that was a new mentality that we've seen from the same City side where they they weren't exposing themselves defensively but the way they were doing it was incredibly smart they were prepared to lose the ball and defend immediately against a Portland Thorns side Mm -hmm. that way when they had the ball and they could attack it was with a lot of freedom and a lot of creativity and that's why we saw five goals but five different goal scorers and in a variety of ways that these goals were scored it was so much freedom coming from Angel City's attack
4: but Talking about Portland, they're not looking good. And it's Sam Coffey after the game who said how disappointed she was in this season for Portland. It has been up. When it's up, it is really good. When it's down, it's not good at all. And, and this was one of those performances where we don't see them show up. You cannot let five goals in. But you can't l- let goals in two minutes apart and oh then God. goals four minutes apart. When, when you're – We've all been there on a field, the big five moments right after a goal is scored, whether it's for you or against you, a start of a half, the end of a half, you know, those are mental lapses. Mm -hmm. And this team is mentally lapsing at the wrong time. And maybe it's coffee coming out saying something right now, knowing that this team's going to have a break. They need to get their mindset right because that Portland team is way different from the Portland team we saw a couple of weeks ago. And the big five moments,
0: Angel City's two first goals come right after a hydration break. Yep. So the game had pause. Yep. That is a big five moment. Yeah, totally. However, Jenny, you said Portland did this last year. They, they lost on the final day. They let the shield slip through their fingers. They do it again. And, but something about the postseason is different and it runs in the blood of the Portland Thorns players. And I have no doubt that it, they, they have time right now. They get yeah. a first round bye in the quarterfinals. They will be hosting a semifinal mm-hmm. match. I, I just think that there is something in this team that is going to boil up again and that they could be a contender at the end of it. All. A
3: big thing, too, Sophia will be back and yes. hopefully get more significant mm-hmm. minutes going into that game because it's a different team when she's on the pitch. Yeah. I think it's interesting because for me, you know, that's a mentality thing. You know, for
2: Angel City, giving them their props, they came out with the right mentality after those water breaks, as you mentioned, you know, that right after a goal to score again, all of those moments, props to them. But there's something lapsing on Portland's side. And you guys mentioned in the postseason, in the playoffs, um, Portland is that side that can get it together, but I just feel like you really had it in your hand.
0: All you had to do was win, and you let that slip. And they I could feel have and even drew, Jenny. Yeah. Yeah. Points-wise, yeah. Portland could have drawn and still clinched the shield, yeah. but the fact that they gave up five is...
2: Bad. Did not see that one coming. But, Darian, take us through San Diego versus Racing Louisville, where the
3: wave takes it home. Yes, the Shield winners. This was such a good game for San Diego. I think they have been working on shooting, shooting, finishing, (laughs) finishing, because... My gosh, here we have Jaden Shaw, the composed teenager who just broke a record, who is the youngest player to score in the NBA cell 10 goals in all competitions. She gets the assist from Alex Morgan and you love to see how mature she is playing and her confidence has just continued to grow. And then a little bit of sauce from the OG Alex (laughs) Morgan. Watch this touch, she faces up, goes on her trusty left foot and how difficult is that to shoot across your body, bending to the far post. It's the bread and butter that we've been wanting to see from her all season. And it's great to see that her confidence is finally back up to where we're used to seeing it. Mm -hmm. And going into postseason, I would be so scared to play the San Diego team because they came in with so many shots, 24 shots, 10 on target from a variety of players. I think they came in, knew that they had nothing, that they were trying to win the shield. And everybody was just there
4: trying to finish. And they tested the keeper so many times. Louisville gives up the most shots in the league, though. So I think it is a little product of the environment on this specific day. But what I have loved about San Diego's evolution over just two years, you guys, they make the Mm -hmm. postseason in their first year. They win the Shield in their second. It is incredible what Casey Stoney and the, the, the managerial team has been able to do there. What I like is they now can hit you with a lot of different looks. The mm-hmm. first half, they play Akira Carusa up top. She wasn't as effective as, as normal, but then it brings Morgan wide. If Morgan's not wide, she's not connecting with Jaden Shaw, who's coming through the middle of the park. Yeah. Shaw is a 10. She needs 100%. to play at the 10. Yes. And once they moved her into that 10 position, they've been able to stretch long and go direct like they did last year. But now they can also play through the line, utilize their two holding midfields, which were Korniak and uh, Van Eggman for the majority of this game. Colaprico did come in. But they can progress. They can utilize Shaw. They can bring their wingers in. There's more levels to this yeah. team now.
0: And you mentioned San Diego being in just their second year. So is Shaw. She has only played two seasons in the NWSL. She is a teenager. The growth of this player and and the ceiling of Jaden Shaw is incredibly high and to have a mentor like Alex Morgan to be able to lean on and ask ask questions and to feed off of and and Morgan saying post game that her shot she was like there was a lot of pressure on me and the defensive back as she received that ball before her goal she felt the pressure. She knew she had to keep the ball close and and then get a really quick shot off and she's not put into those situations a lot. Defenders give her space. Too much space and she was able to rise to the occasion and and the partnership between Shaw and Morgan, it's, I mean... It's dangerous. Yeah, so it's so dangerous. You talk about that partnership, Alex Morgan scoring
2: her 60th career goal, while Jaden Shaw, who also scored, is the youngest to score 10 goals in all competitions. So obviously that pedigree is definitely going to be <laughs> um, followed by Shaw. There's something that we've said on the show for a long time. I know you're a massive fan of her, but we have so much more NWSL to cover, including Yasmine Ryan's absolute golazo, Alex Banstras as well, and a brace from the legendary
0: Megan Rapinoe. Stay with us. Viori is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. Get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viori.com/slash soccer. That's V-U-O-R-I.com soccer. There soccer theres so much chaos that is about to ensue today, and the points are incredibly tight. For a few, it's win or go home
5: this be the end of the day for Trinity Rodman? And Rodman is off. Wow. Early ball across, and it's turned in. The North Carolina Courage are
1: going back to the NWSL playoffs. Angel City, winners at home today, 5-1 the final score. They look like they are headed to their first ever NWSL playoffs.
5: Morgan in the box a shot go they will win the nwsl shield for the first time in their history which is only two years old well
2: done san diego wave all right just a reminder eight teams were vying for four playoff spots with all the matches being played simultaneously as the chaos ensued <laughs> just real quickly before we get into these highlights what
4: was your most chaotic moment Who wants to get started here? Of the day? Jordan, yes. I think it has to be the red card and what was on the line in that game because, um, one, devastated for Trinity Rodman because we've all been there in making Mm -hmm. the wrong decision in the wrong moment. And um, it's terrible to watch that play out on a screen knowing what was at stake. So I think that was the biggest moment for me.
3: Mm. I'm going to go with... Kansas City tying the game up. That was, I was at the game watching it live and I couldn't believe how quickly the momentum changed Uh, but it was kind of what I said Gotham was going to score on transition or Mm -hmm. get scored on by transition. Yeah, It happened.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think the Gotham Kansas City game had a lot of chaos because those (laughs) goals came early and they came quick and it changed the table uh, immediately the way it happened because all of a sudden it was like Gotham's up 2-0. Okay, they're hosting a quarterfinal match. They're in. It's looking great for them. And then it was like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. Oh, Quick momentum drop- drop- oh, oh, no, we're dropping no. We're dropping. oh, no. It, yes, <laughs> that's exactly lower. what it was. <laughs> Until waiting
4: oh. after for right. stoppage time right. to yep. end in Orlando, who were pushing the game. Yep. Nearly got another goal and that would have knocked them out. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right. Jordan mentioned uh, that red card
2: for Trinity Rodman on the Washington Spirit. They are out of the playoffs. Lisa, will you take us through Washington
0: Spirit against North Carolina Courage? Jenny, this was the biggest game on the line. Both of these teams sitting at equal points heading into the day and it's the 23rd minute, a tough tackle on the near sideline and Trinity Rodman gets tangled up and it's this touch right there from Rodman against Denise O'Sullivan. She goes in, spikes up right here here wanting to slow down Sullivan they both get taken down initially it's a yellow card and then Rodman gets the red so Washington playing down a player that's the 23rd minute two minutes later time goes by and North Carolina Courage is pushing into the attack it's a beautiful run far post slotted home by Tyler Lucy that's her sixth goal this season that's her fifth game winning goal by Lucy was it offside? Uh, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it when we get through all these highlights. It did go to VAR, deemed a goal, but that was a big 1-0 win for North Carolina. Let's jump back to our most chaotic game. <laughs> Kansas City and
3: Gotham. Here Gotham picks it up at the top of the 18. It gets slotted to Midge Purse, who is nice and easy finish. Her fourth goal of the season, the first goal of decision day. Watch this. Tucked into the back corner. Great finish and good to see her back and totally healthy. The next, in the 15th minute, Yasmeen Ryan lays the sauce out on the table, dribbles past three defenders, <laughs> and shoots and hits the post. It bounces in. So satisfying to watch. It's a bullet. Love to see it. And then, quickly, Kansas City had an answer. Spanstra gets the ball on the sideline, cuts in, and an impeccable finish. And I Meg's love. nice longer. Meg's nice Ooh. longer. Ru- kind of a rough night for her, and then cuts it back. I love the left foot, far post, such a difficult skill. And then another one, Kansas City. This is unfortunate for Gotham. Dribbling and line cuts the ball across, and Jenna Neischwanger ends up being an own goal. And this is where Lisa and I were saying we were watching the Gotham drop lower and lower on the table and trying to check up on these other games. The game ended up tying
4: two to two. Yeah. but Gotham made it I was here for it I was hoping the second half was just as chaotic but in this game Chicago hosting O.L. Rain OL Reign needed a win to stay above the the table a draw would have been okay but the scenarios on the day were crazy and Alyssa and a are going fishing here she she nearly gets the right tackle but ends up getting it right in the second go round and the first 45 was a lot of Nair saves. Here in the second half, it's right after halftime, three minutes apart, Megan Rapino from nearly the same exact spot, cuts her defender centrally, tucks it in the, the back post, and then is this a carbon copy? Because here we see again Rapinoe, couple more yards inside, chops it inside, brace her fourth goal of the season. She does her iconic pose. And then it was gonna be about 10 minutes later, that O.L. Rain would get another goal. This way, There's a little controversy on this, 59th minute. Originally, Jess Fishlock called offside on this. It went to VAR, a long review. And finally, Jess Fishlock could do a little bit of chicken dance, celebrate, <laughs> because at the time the ball was played, they deemed it to be an onside position. And there it is, stomping around, knowing they're going back to the playoffs.
0: Huge for O.L. Rain to do that. Let's head down to South Florida because Orlando was hosting a match that had a lot on the line. Both Orlando and Houston needed to get into the playoffs with a win plus a little bit of health. Jane Campbell standing on her head all season. She continued to do that throughout the first half. Came up with five huge, huge saves. Orlando with uh, chances and opportunities as well. A big save off the goal line by Kylie Strom. Anna Morehouse getting just a touch in there as well as the half Winded down zero, 0 it's still nil nil in the first half of these two sides. Here's an opportunity for Orlando. In the box, it is Katie Lind against Marta. Pulled down a penalty kick. Marta, she's perfect from the spot. She remains perfect. 4-4. It was one goal for Orlando at this point. However, they needed more to stay alive. That comes in the 59th minute from the Brazilian international superstar. She does a tremendous job at the end of it. Um, It it is a 1-0 win for Orlando. However, it's just not enough and they stay below that red playoff line despite having 10 wins on the season. Yes. Orlando does not make the postseason. It's crazy. Yeah, this is a look at the at the playoff standings. So those top six are being shown there.
2: But if Orlando had either tied or won, they would have had the opportunity to win that game or to win, make it to playoffs. And then Angel City, that movement with their goal differential, helps them as
4: well yeah. with 31 points. And Washington getting that 1-0 loss keeps them out of the playoffs. Jordan. Yeah. Orlando had a really good run at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And I went back to see in NWSL history, had teams ever had 10 wins and not made the playoffs it's only happened two other times 17 it was a sky blue team now gotham in 19 it was the utah royals with 10 wins but this orlando team they had the 10 wins more than Mm -hmm. a couple of teams that made the playoffs and yet it was the goal differential that kept them out absolutely devastating for what seb hines and that group and darian's orlando girlies not mm-hmm. making it there on the last day, because uh, it felt like it was in their destiny that they would have gotten into that, one of those six spots. Let's get into that um, potential offsides that you guys were talking about, because
2: yeah. I feel like you guys were all in synopsis, decision, consensus, I shall we say, that
0: it was offsides. Yeah, so Washington, North Carolina, it's the, it's the goal from Tyler Lucy. The cross comes into the box, and, and Lucy's hanging on the back post um, a step ahead
4: of the defender. No, 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 it's not Lucy. It's Manaka on the buildup, yeah, I think. I thought it was. Oh, and yeah. I loved this buildup from North Carolina because it is what we have seen from them under Sean Nehas, who gets my vote for coach of the year and what he has done for this squad. But their buildup is intricate. It's delicate through the lines. It's Manaka doing what she does so well is, as a 10, pressing the back line as those center backs get a little bit of stretched, and as you see here Monaka's on the far right of your screen that's where I think she's offside that ball in from Sullivan into Monaca and the hard thing is there's no clear and definite angle so mm-hmm. I think when you're going on this level of clear and obvious was she clearly and obviously with the angle we have from the video offside I don't think that it was enough to overturn, although Mm. I felt very heavily that it was offside. Um, I I think that would have been a hard call on the field for the referee to overturn.
3: Yeah, I agree. Uh, But watching it back, I was like, oh, offsides. And then the goal continued and they kept it. I, I was surprised. I thought it was obvious in my opinion. My hand was up as I was watching it. But... Here's a look. So it's and the
4: right back which yeah. is, for Washington Spirit. Which is Butel, Butel who I had been talking about, just has struggled transitioning into this league, typically a center back. They're playing her at right back. She's a little bit deeper than the rest of the line, and that is a great angle because I have not seen the stop right here. So kudos to the production team right when the ball <laughs> is played. She's onside. It's a good goal. It's a mm. great work Ooh. by the VAR, too, because it happens so quickly with the intricacies of the, the buildup that – they even tricked me. So yeah. VAR did <laughs> we get you. it right. I th- yeah, good yeah. job, VAR. Well, we had to talk it through. <laughs>
2: we had to talk it through. Thank you to production for that view there. But, Darian, you were at the Gotham-Kansas City match. And what yes. was it about them getting started and, and having such a strong start with mid-scoring, like, I think in the fourth, fifth minute? Yeah. And then for all the tides to change, you were there. You saw it. What was it that changed that?
3: Yes, I was watching it live. It was a really good first half chaos, exactly what we thought it was going to be. I I predicted it last week it was going to be a game of transitions. Kansas City, that's how they score their goals. They had the highest scoring game last week. And then Gotham has struggled to score goals, and they've been scored on the last two games based off of transitions. So I think Gotham knew that, came out, got those two Mm -hmm. goals, put them away. But in the same vein, it's the transitions, again, that just can't get the back line organized enough to put a stop to the play that goes forward. And I think that's going to be something other teams are looking out for. Going into the next game, North Carolina specifically with Sean Nahas. I totally agree. Yeah. I think he's made this team so much more than the one dimensional North Carolina. We mm-hmm. used to think them to be, mm-hmm. and they're much more playing through the lines. They can go long. They combine.
4: Yeah. It'll be a tough game. Gotham high pressed so well in the Mm -hmm. first 15 minutes they won the ball high up the field they forced decisions out of this Kansas City side once Kansas City stopped playing short and they went long Mm -hmm. it allowed them to create some room and make Gotham do that same high press but more in the middle of the field and those were the moments where Gotham half of them went and half of them stayed I'm thinking about that second goal with Dabinia yeah. running in behind. It's Allie Krieger who actually holds Dabinia on because she's just out of sorts because half the team's pressing and she's staying and now they're recovering. It's an awkward recovery from nice It ends up being an own goal. But that's where Gotham has to say, there needs to be a time where we say, regroup. Mm-hmm. We're not pressing here. We're not pressing here because they're going to stretch themselves out and they don't want to do that against any of these teams that are playing in the playoffs. And yeah. they've got North Carolina next.
0: They, they'll yeah. travel
4: to carry North Carolina and take on a Courage side mm-hmm. that wants to stretch them out with their possession but yeah. could be without Caroline as she went yeah. out with an injury. We don't know what happened there, but that would be a massive loss mm-hmm. for yeah. this Courage We should block. definitely
2: look into what we've seen in these matches heading into playoffs and what these teams need to do against who they're going to play against. We'll give you an update on that schedule. But when we come back, we're going to have our very own Sandra Herrera to talk about hum- some of her standout stars from the weekend. Stay with us.
1: And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.
2: The NWSL's biggest stars showed up when their teams needed them the most this weekend. And here to talk more about that is the one, the only, Sandra Herrera, our CBS Sports reporter. Sandra, welcome in.
6: Hey, happy to be here, y'all. Recovering still from uh, <laughs> chaos day. Eh?
2: Yeah. So we have a, a list of everyone that you think is, you know, made a huge impact this big weekend, and I want to get started on Sydney Larue because she had a bicycle kick goal, and I think that's a good place <laughs> to start. <sighs>
6: Yeah, that's an excellent place to start. Look, I think in terms of um, player performances that were real breakout or stand out over the course of decision day, we absolutely have to tip our hats to to the veterans of this league, right? Our our elders were, were taking over for the 99 and 2000s. And Cindy LaRue is out here with the bicycle kick. It's not just any goal that she gets here, right? We have to throw it back a little bit to the decision day scenarios. Angel City in eighth place. We're talking two spots from that playoff bubble. So not only do they have to go home, take on one of the top teams in the league in Portland, they have to get a win. They maybe need a little bit of help from other areas and they have to make up Goal differential. So this bike kick, not only was it absolutely incredible to take a look at and witness, it proves essential in that little goal def- uh, differential category that Angel City needed to help make up because Portland ends up getting a consolation goal. But that extra goal cushion helps them not just go into the sixth spot, but stay into the fifth spot for the playoffs.
0: All right, Sandra, well, another team that made waves yesterday, it was San Diego Wave. Um, they won the Shield, their first ever piece of silverware in the club's just second year. Who stood out to you in that match?
6: Yeah, like I said, I'm keeping it with the vets. I'm, I'm looking at Alex Morgan. I think this is a player who had a tough season with the San Diego Wave, kind of in that uh, second quarter to third quarter stretch of the, the year with the Wave. Kind of went goalless, was a little bit snake bitten, and now all of a sudden the wave are headed to the playoffs, and Alex Morgan is back as that offensive threat for the team alongside. Jaden Shaw as well. So it shouldn't be too surprising that these are the players that linked up in this game. Alex Morgan providing the assist and ultimately that insurance goal on the second goal against Louisville to help really clinch and bring that shield home. Alex Morgan getting hot at the right time.
4: That was like a quintessential Alex Morgan finish mm-hmm. as well. Her, her ability here to turn and face and finish far post, left foot. She couldn't have written it better if you were asking her how it would go, winning the Shield at home in such an important year for the San Diego Wave. I want to go to a player who uh, – everybody was talking about this weekend. Allie Krieger, when you look at the beginning of this year, Sandra, it started off rough for Allie Krieger. 10 minutes into the game, she comes off. You're thinking, is the 39-year-old going to be able to withstand the length of this NWSL season? She didn't just do that. She was the best player for Gotham on the day. She had the most interceptions, the most blocks, and saved one off the line. Could it have gotten any better for Allie Krieger?
6: Yeah, I'm not sure you could have uh, written it or scripted it any better for Krieger at this point. We're talking about a veteran of the game, right? And where I'm, I'm tipping my hat to all the vets right now. And it's no, shouldn't be a surprise at this point in, in this segment that I'm also going with with Allie Krieger and sticking with a defensive veteran for for Gotham. Uh, I think she's had an incredible season. I'm right there with you, Jordan. But I'm also really curious if maybe the lack of games or or the the number of games that she had compared to some other defenders in the league. Well, that maybe hurt her in some uh, defender of the, the year kind of uh, votes down the stretch when we have to start taking a look at finalists and narrowing things down for those end of the year awards. But I think a lot of folks will maybe take a look at this game as one of those moments where Ali Krieger was an absolute essential player for Gotham. I mean, we're looking um, probably back at this game in regards to that goal line clearance. And I think the timing of it is so crucial because you've got Kansas City current kind of stealing back the momentum in this game. And you've got Allie Krieger making this incredible hustle play to keep the lead at the time. And this is off of Kristen Hamilton, right? The current uh, leading goal scorer, someone who is absolutely lethal in front of goal. And if she's not there, that is the equalizer at that time, meaning that later on that eventual own goal by Jenna Neischwanger could have proven really deadly for Gotham and their playoff hopes. But Ali Krieger was there at the right time and they're going to the playoffs.
3: Yes, Ali Krieger, shout out to her. What a way to end your regular season career. Let's jump over to my pride girlies. You know who we're <laughs> gonna talk about, the OG goat for women's football, Marta. So not only did she get the game winning goal, she is the first pride player to make 100 games for the organization. Tell us why she's she's your player.
6: Look, Orlando didn't make it to the postseason. I'm crushed by that. I know a couple of us had them maybe making that leapfrog into the upper half of the table. And down to specific minutes and stretches of decision day, Orlando Pride was absolutely still in it. There was a moment there with some of the score lines in place across the league where if Orlando just simply got a goal, all of a sudden they probably would have found themselves in the upper half of the table. And I think when you're looking at all of the stakes in play. Angel City needing to make up goal differential uh the long scoreless draw between Chicago and the rain uh, Gotham and their game and spirit and North Carolina courage and what happened there if you had to put your money on a game winning goal by Martha converting a penalty kick there's a lot of us that probably would have taken that bet and it actually came to fruition she stepped up delivered the goods and not just any type of penalty kick against arguably the best goalkeeper in the league right now in Jane Campbell was able to slot that past her and for a brief shining moment, try to maybe give some hope to this team. Unfortunately, their offseason starts a little bit early. But that's not to say that this team might not find themselves back in a similar position. And if they've got Marta and tow, anything can happen.
2: Well, Sandra, I know you were at the Chicago Red Stars match. And Megan Rapinoe is on your list here because she scores those two goals. Um, and she was not going to go away quietly, if you know anything about Megan Rapinoe. And they are in the playoff race now. Tell me what you saw from her.
6: Incredible. I saw what kind of felt like vintage Rapino taking over a game. And I think that's part of why she's one of my uh, standout players over the course of decision day. I think when you're looking at this player and what she's been capable of in the past, you don't want to allow Rapino time to happen. And yet that absolutely is what occurred in this game against the red stars. It took Rapino all but three minutes to essentially clinch Oil reigns place in the playoffs. And when it comes to Rapino, That's all she needed. A couple of excellent goals, hitting the crowd with her iconic pose and what folks were maybe anticipating could have possibly been her last game. But she said, pump the brakes. I got one more in me. So, of course, I had to give her some love.
2: Of course you did, Sandra. Thank you so much for joining us. I know you were out there at the Chicago game a little bit late last night listening to Lisa Carlin in your ear. (laughs) Um, But we appreciate you
6: coming on. I always joy, guys. Take it easy. See you
2: later. All right, next up, newly minted Shield winning manager Casey Stoney joins us to talk about the San Diego Waves' historic season and how they are not done yet. Don't go anywhere.
5: Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half.
2: The San Diego Wave won their first ever trophy when they won the Shield on the last day of the NWSL's regular season. Here to talk more about what the Wave have accomplished is head coach Casey Stoney. Coach Casey, second season in the league and already winning the Shield. Congratulations. How did you make this happen?
7: (laughs) Uh, Players worked really hard. Staff worked really hard. Um, We've got a good group. Other teams lost and dropped points. It's been a super competitive season. I think we found form when we needed to find form. At the back end of the season, I can't credit the players enough, you know, the way they are and the way they're they're so coachable and adaptable and the way they've applied themselves. And, yeah, really proud, really proud of the club. Very, very quick into our existence to, to win the league.
0: Well, as humble as you are, giving a lot of credit to the players, you do lead them and and help coach them throughout that. And it was a goal for San Diego to win the shield and and to be at the top of the table. And you've accomplished that goal throughout this year. What did the roadmap look like to to get to where you were last night lifting the shield?
7: It was a bumpy one, to be honest. (laughs) Um, I was saying to my staff. Just yesterday, really, it's, it's, it's football changes so quickly and it, it, things change. And in mid-season, we couldn't get a win. You know, for love nor money, we couldn't get a win. And I was even, you know, asking Jill, am I safe in my role? And now we're standing here yesterday winning the Shield. So we had to focus on process. We had to make sure that we consistently did things that were going to help the players improve. We stuck to what we believed in. And we knew that we'd come out of it. Um, playing through a FIFA World Cup window is not easy. Uh, we struggled during that period, but I think we built a resilience during that period that's really paid off towards the end of the season.
3: You talk about developing these players and you have brought Alex Morgan to have two of her most successful seasons in the NWSL while she's been with you in San Diego. Having her and then two of the youngest players, Jaden Shaw and Melanie Barcenas. how do you manage balancing developing these younger players and managing these decorated veterans like Jakobsen and Alex Morgan?
7: I think it's about how your people skills and how you get to know who they are, what they need. Uh, What Alex needs at her age is different than what Mel needs at 15 or Jaden. And they're also different characters, different backgrounds. They've got different motivations. So knowing what they need, I think Alex is settled in San Diego. She's happy. Her family are here. I think that's a big contributing factor. Plus she had probably a little bit of a point to prove when she got left out of the national team for a little while. So, you know, I think she's had fine form it's actually really good we've got her in our environment for the younger players because she is such a professional and so diligent with everything that she does our younger players can learn a lot from her and then it's about the younger players exposing them at the right times making sure that you don't expose them at the wrong times you know giving them minutes when it's right and and i think jaden's flourished in our environment this year and it's credit to her because she's so driven so focused she at 18 is so mature as a professional it's it's a joy to work with her um, and she's contributed massively to our success this season
4: I just got to talk about that Jaden Shaw goal over the weekend just yesterday yeah and did it bring a smile to you on the bench because her ability to hold off a defender in such a tight area she's made a massive step in that part of her game this year
7: yeah I think her ability to play between lines has always been there but then that ability to run beyond sometimes we you know it's something we're really trying to improve is yes you can come to feet but can you go behind lines as well and I thought she showed immense strength. That's an international centre-back that she was pushing off the ball. And the poise that she she took to cut back inside, stay calm, finish it. And then, you know, I think for her, like, she's just going to continue to grow. She's obviously contributed goals this season as well, and she's getting in the right areas. Um, so we just want to you know, keep giving her a platform so that she can keep performing. Casey, over the last two years, you have built this team on a foundation
4: of defensive principles. It's no surprise knowing you and your career and what you prided yourself on uh, as a defender. But now I look at your squad and how it has been even amplified with Abby Dahlkemper back and Naomi Gurma next to each other. Is this the best centre-back duo in the league right now? And what makes them so good next to each other?
7: Yeah, hands down the best centre-back duo in the league. Very different players. I think Naomi's ability to solve pressure, the way she covers ground, 1v1 defending, like she's exceptional. But then I think Abby has now come back to where she is at her best. And her long range is the best I've seen in the women's game. You know, the way she can switch play, the way she can play in behind. And also defensively, she's been on the front foot. She's been aggressive. She's fit. She wasn't fit for so long. You know, you're playing with a fractured back, it's mm. it's going to cause you problems. So now she's fit and she's training consistently. I think they just complement each other. Uh, they, they're they leaders in the back line. I think Nay's learned from Abby and Abby's learning from Nay, And behind them, you've got Kaylin Sheridan. So that's a, a very, very strong you know, bat line and back three.
2: Not a bad, de- not a bad defense back there, Casey. Um, but I kind of just want to talk about what happened yesterday because it was decision day. Everything was happening all at once. And obviously what happens in Portland and what happens in your game determines the Shield winners. How did that kind of play out for you as, as it was going on live?
7: Well, I was very clear that I didn't want to know the other scores because there's nothing we could do to impact that. We had to focus on us, our result, and win the game. That's all we could do. So I said to my staff, "I don't want to know. I don't want to know." And I think I turned round on about 55 minutes, and a fan said to me, "Coach, Angel City are four nil up." And I was like, <laughs> "Oh right, okay, this is interesting." And I was like, "Right, I need to keep my composure now. I need to keep my poise and try and keep it away from the players because in this league, anything can happen within six minutes, let alone Absolutely. 30 minutes left to play in the game." So yeah, it was. It was an amazing moment once the whistle went and the, the players knew that they'd won it. Um, it's an amazing moment for the club, amazing moment for the people that have worked so hard over two years to build this.
0: So that's a fan whispering to you from the stands about what's happening around the league. I mean, that that is just the epitome of home field advantage in this league. I love it. And for you, Coach... You get home field advantage, not just for the semi, but potentially for the final to come. It is being hosted in San Diego at Snapdragon Stadium. How much of a motivator is that for this team to get there and host an NWSL championship and play in it?
7: Yeah, it's massive. We discussed this week our home form hasn't been good enough. We've been a very good roadside, which is difficult to do in this league. So we discussed it. We are going to embrace it. We're at home. Like our fans are unbelievable. You know, when we bought Melon yesterday, there was conscious reasons to do that. Number one, because she helps us keep the ball. But number two, she lifts the crowd. The crowd go absolutely crazy when she comes on the field and they get behind the team. And it gave us a lift at the biggest moment and I know if we can get to a final they're going to be absolutely epic and it'll be an amazing occasion for the club but we have to prepare we've got you know Angel City or O.L. Or Reign two very very difficult opponents so you know, we will prepare diligently over the next couple of weeks for them and we just got to have a very very good performance in the semi-final to make sure we have a chance to get to the final.
4: You've now got did promotion in uh, WSL made it to WSL and you've won a shield which one's harder,
7: Casey? This.
4: This, <laughs> yeah.
3: this is
7: the hardest, most stressful, most competitive league in the world. Like Anyone can beat anyone. Mm-hmm. You have an off 20 minutes, you can get beaten. Anyone can score against anyone. Everyone drops points. In the WSL, you had games where you were like, mm, if, we're, if we're okay, we'll win. You, know, you have to be on it every single game here. So this is the most competitive league in the world.
3: Casey, I'm going to switch gears, and we have to crown you the most stylish coach in the league. We love <laughs> seeing crown. the crown. Yeah, we need the <laughs> crown. We love the pony. We love the blazer. And you've got the cooler, which is another thing we <laughs> haven't seen in this league. How did you come to that? Is that just, you know, we, we have, we've never seen that before.
7: Well, in terms of the way I chose to dress, like I made a very conscious decision when I took the job at Manchester United that I wouldn't be a tracksuit manager because i just retired. I also signed four players that I'd played with. So I wanted to distinguish myself on the sideline as a head coach, not in the track suit, not in training gear. And I also think match day should feel different. So I made a conscious decision that I would dress a little bit smarter on the touchline. I want match day to be the business part of our week. And it was a conscious decision to draw a line from retirement to play
2: Casey, I just want to say that one of my teammates or a few of my teammates uh, think I have okay style, so they come to me for advice, and they're in the coaching game, and I said, here, just stalk Casey Stoney.
0: Yes. <laughs> Do what she does, and you will find success.
4: <laughs> so
0: I want to ask about the cooler, yeah. because how, how did – why is that your, your seat of choice? I mean, there's much comfier options out there, Coach.
7: It's also, it was also a conscious decision, because – I can't stand for long periods anymore (laughs) because of my back and I don't want to be far away from the field I want to be present with my players I want to be able to give them information and I don't want to be standing the whole time and sometimes the game can get emotional so just being able to sit down takes that emotion out of it so yeah I just was like what can I sit on okay I can sit on the cooler and that'll that'll help me um so yeah it's, it's there every game Sometimes I sit on it more, sometimes I sit on it less. Uh, Depends on the In yeah. And then they bought me a heat cushion
0: for it. Oh, good, good. So now you've got a cushion, at least. It's not hard plastic. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so you're heading into these playoffs, but there's this international break in between. How does this
2: become difficult? I mean, kind of not ideal for you here.
7: Terrible timing. <laughs> Terrible. Um, yeah, we're going to lose six players during this period. They don't go till Saturday, so we're going to prepare this week as, as best as we can. Uh, we're going to have a game on Friday as well um, to try and prepare and maybe look at different ways that either Angel City or, or Rain might play. Then we lose them. And then it's about managing them back in because a lot of them are coming off of long-haul flights. So we've got you know, people coming back from Australia, people coming back from Europe. So we've got to make sure we do that effectively. We are very planned, very diligent about what we're doing. We'll make conscious decisions about when we put them into training to make sure that we're prepped for the semifinal.
2: Awesome, Casey. Thank you so much for joining us right on the back end of that Shield win. Good luck in the playoffs.
7: Thank you very much.
2: The NWSL wasn't the only league in action this weekend. When we come back, we're going to go over the highlights of the Barclays WSL.
5: Passion
2: It was match day three in the Barclays WSL. And let me tell you, there was some drama, some blowouts, and some record setting attendance. But the biggest game was the Arsenal against Aston Villa. Arsenal having a late
3: two goals to win this one, Darian. Yeah, what a game. I called dibs on talking about this game today. <laughs> I was so excited. Um, yeah, two late goals in the 92nd minute and the 94th minute. And Alessia Russo getting her goal for Arsenal mm. gave them the win over Aston Villa, who got their first, their only goal really early in the game off of a corner. Pacheco headed it far post. Her goal of the season, it was so good to watch. But,
0: yeah, Arsenal with the win. Yeah, there was game. some stoppage time added on, and Dark Snow yes. was like, keep it coming. Keep yes. it coming. I want to talk about Manchester City, Bristol City, because this was a 5-0 beating by Manchester City. Um, there are only three different goal scorers in this one, but all five goals with their heads. Now, Jill Rohr gets a brace in this one. Bunny Shaw gets a brace. We have to talk about Bunny Shaw, because she had 20 goals last year in the Super League. In these first two match days for Manchester City, she only played 10 minutes. She gets a full 90 in this one, and she knew Nearly gets a, a hat trick. Mm-hmm. She is is going to make a run for the golden boot. Yeah,
4: but that game makes me think of what Casey Stoney told us. How mm-hmm. some games in WSL, you know that you're going to be able to have an easy win. Yeah. And that was a pretty easy win for Manchester it City. It was. Uh, one thing I want to say, do you have something about that game? No, I was just going to say that all the
2: goals were also in the first half. Yeah. It was oh, yeah. like a training yeah. ground thing. Yeah. So they were all with yes. the headers, um, but all in the first half. So it really did look like it was like a drill thing. You know, you're just doing the attacking
4: drills. You're just mm-hmm. doing the defensive drills. But go ahead, Jordan. Yeah. I was just going to say that another game over the weekend, maybe didn't go Liverpool's way, but it was the Merseyside Derby at Anfield. 23,000 people there. Showing out. Everton ended up getting the... the the victory there but I love this we're seeing so many big crowds in England I think it's only going to increase as uh, they're on the heels of what was a massive world cup for this English squad 100%. 100%.
6: Well,
2: that's all we have for you guys today. We covered the NWSL Decision Day stuff. Lisa was on the beautiful Whip Around show and gave us all of the information. Jordan was on the call for the game. Um, you were at the match. Darian so we was were at all, the Gotham game. <laughs> I, was, I was doing the scoreline for the preview and the post game. We were all very active. But thanks for coming in and knowing the recap of what we were doing. Thank you always for joining Attacking Third. We're going to be back on Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern time to bring you all the news and action from the world of women's football.